0: Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. As you know, we are facing extreme censorship alongside many other true seekers out there. If you want to support the show, please go over to mattbelair.com and sign up to the email list. Join the Academy for exclusive content and become a patron. But most importantly, consider doing three kind acts today wherever you are in the world. Now with tonight's show. Today's guest has a 36-year career in medical practice as a family physician. He also did emergency work, hospitalization, and operation assistance. He was the chief medical officer in a community healthcare center in the early 90s to develop the plan to provide first-line medical services, including continuing care and follow-up in a family practice setting, walk-in clinics, and home care. He has a passion for the arts after being introduced to some of Quebec's most esteemed artists and accepted into that circle for many years, participating and following their work. He opened an art gallery in Quebec. He has been active in promoting art and artists, learning and doing ceremony with the Mi'kmaq Nation as well as the Métis Nation. Just recently, he resigned from the registry of the Quebec Medical Board and has given up his license to practice medicine so he could join his voice in the choir of those singing hallelujah for the great awakening and not to be censored. Welcome to the show, my friend, Pierre Theriault.
1: So happy to be with you, Matt. Thank you for having me.
0: It's a a pleasure to be able to... um, Broadcast this conversation publicly. I know that it's one that I would have wanted to have with you in private. I have immense respect for who you are. Um, our friendship goes back to Egypt and the Resident Science Foundation and that trip there with many other amazing people. And we've been in contact during uh, you know, most of this COVID trying to figure out what is going on with this. And uh, you're in the medical field, you're a, you're a family doctor, you've been doing it for 36 years. And to take the leap to have to give up, your medical license to be able to share what you know and to speak freely is is truly a test to um, your character and your integrity. So I would like to just um, invite you to share a little bit about who you are, your amazing journey as a, as a doctor and what you do, and then what brought you to giving up your license so that you could speak.
1: Well, thank you, Matt. Well, basically, um, you know, I'm I'm a person that wants to, serve um i like to know and study understand to me uh the human being is you know a great great subject of study and to me medicine has been an opportunity to study the human condition uh, which is you know and i would say you know through a holistic approach so mind body spirit matt Is that important?
0: Absolutely, yep.
1: You know, so we agree on the fact that you know we have different aspects to our person, and that each of each and every one of them, you know, deserves the proper attention, and we try to establish harmony in that. So, um, um, I've always been, you know, interested in science. I've been interested in art because throughout history. Artists have been our some of our greatest and best prophets. You know, they found ways of expressing things. They were dealing with their in their time with their form of censorship. When Michelangelo was working for the Pope in you know in Italy, you know, he couldn't express what he would like to say other. Than by using symbols and the expression in his art. So, you know, we have all kinds of hidden meaning in art that um, touches our unconscious mind and it works through truth, resonance, and beauty. So it goes for music, goes for all kinds of art and um having been brought up in, in in an artistic family my mother was a concert pianist i had an uncle who was um a painter who has paintings in um the national gallery of canada the fine arts museum in quebec and contemporary arts museum so i was brought up in a family where i was exposed to art um i have a brother who's an amazing musician and painter um and my friends were um mostly not basically artists you know so when you're in that world you realize that and you realize this probably yourself artists are the only people that pay to work (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yep (laughs) They, they believe so much in what they need to express you know it's they need to share their vision with others, and they're willing to go through a lot to share that vision. And um, because it's a duty to them, they feel it as a duty. So when you have the opportunity of being in that type of circle, okay, we were talking, you know, earlier offline about, you know, when you're in a world where you want to study. You want to understand. You want to get a grasp on reality. And you're working through art and science. How do you navigate that world? And um, basically, it's through your integrity. You need to have a good heart. Otherwise, you get lost. You, You know, because ego can make us do crazy things, okay? Fame can make you do crazy things, you know? Success can make you do crazy things, okay? If you haven't mastered your ego, if you haven't succeeded in really being a heartful person, centered, um, and in your integrity, you won't overcome your fears, and you won't be able to accept and see what is truly there. One of my main mentors and teachers would say it takes twenty years to train the eye of a painter. Learn to see. Okay, so those are the type of people that I was um, associated with, you know. And these people were extremely devoted. So I. At one time in my career, I was working as chief medical officer in a community healthcare care center, um, developing the program for the, you know, for the, you know, primary care access. And um, so there was, some, you know, we were developing the medical service. There was political backing. You know, we had the administrators and we had to do this in a center where it was not welcome. Um, We had to do it, you know, with other, you know, social workers, psychologists, uh, you know, rehabilitation uh, professionals, you know, everyone had their, you know, their little focus. And our job was to get them to work together around a service-based philosophy. You're not there for you. You're there for the patient. You're there for the service that you're, you're there to offer. So we were able to put that put that up, and um, and what's funny or was even scandalous, we were receiving no funding to do that. We had to do it within the envelope, you know, of the the, the budget that the center already had. So, um, but we managed to do something really, really good. But doing that, I, I realized how, you know, political interests, financial interests, um, personal interests can overtake something and pervert, you know, what you're doing and, um, you know, make, make things, you know, people use your good intentions, use your work. For their own personal benefit, they use it, you know, to glorify themselves, and um, they don't really care them about the quality of the service that you're giving out. They just want the the facade. They want it to look good. They want it. They want it to appear good. You know, they're using it for political benefit, and that really, really got to me when I realized how. I don't like the word corrupt, but that's probably the best word. The system was, you know, one of the directors that I was working with at the time, um, when I was quite naive, said to me, you know, Pierre, anyone who's in a position of power, you know, is there because they're compromised. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there because the people that are behind the scenes won't allow that. They need to control what's going on and they want people they have a hand or a hold on. So, um, and he was a political organizer. So he knew enough about that. So, you know, we're talking about a system that, you know, works basically like the mafia where, you know, you don't really know you know, or you may know who the boss is, but you don't have anything on him. And he wants to know everything about everyone. Um, he likes to, you know, to be able to scare people To if that's what it takes to get what he wants. They like to have a good public image. They like to appear as people that are philanthropists, you know but uh they can be quite ruthless and they'll do whatever they think they need to do to get the results they want and they're very good at pressuring people threatening okay profiling people um so to get the people they want in the positions they need to get you know the outcome that they're looking for so that's basically in my understanding how the system works okay and um so what's going on is the people that are you know administering the pandemic okay um they're acting because they're not doing what they want to do or what they'd like to do, or, or even what they believe they should be doing. They're doing what they have to do, either out of fear, or out of self-interest, or out of just trying to have a paycheck, like you say, and bring that home, and be able to feed their family. So that is not a good system, Matt. Okay? So when you have a system like that, and on the side of that, you have people that have managed to, you know, distance themselves enough to be able to, you know, have a a look, an analysis, an understanding, and study what's going on. And they know that they can't speak out because they're going to be attacked. Okay. You step out into the open, you're going to be shot. Okay. You're going to have your head cut off. You're going to be discredited, you know? And, um, so they know that they can't speak out, but they do it through art. And, and that's extraordinary to be able to do that. You know, they can do it through writing a novel, writing a book, fiction, doing a movie, fiction, you know even it, even if it's real life exen- events they turn it into fiction so that people can get a grasp of what's going on and in in other forms of art it's basically also s- s- trying to evoke the greatest good that lies within us you know our sense of beauty our sense of harmony you know our sense of caring you know what it, what it is to be a good human being and and The goodness, doing three kind acts during the day, Matt, what that does to a person. Just think to do something kind, how that transforms our heart. Because what we need to navigate what we're going through right now is a good heart. And for me, to be able to, you know, I've been through quite a dilemma. Because I was serving my patients, and they do need a doctor. I mean the needs you know there's more needs than I can that can I can I can attend to, and um, I've devoted my my life to caring for patients and for people, so it was very difficult for me and what you know it's not that I'm abandoning ship, it's that I'm looking for a way. To help more people, because it, it got to the point where it was absolutely impossible for me to function under the conditions we were asked to function under. You know, in the present situation with the COVID, it was ridiculous, ridiculous. Okay, and you know, when you're you're you know, you're wearing the mask where you know that it's useless when you've got these you know, these these screening questionnaires, you've got, you know, this closing down of this and limiting the contact between parents and their children, their close family, their friends, Uh, you're isolating. Um, To me, the damage, the intensity, the fear, and what they're doing to the children that are being sent to school and told whatever. I mean, we were brought up in a culture where you know, we, we had the boogeyman. <laughs> we, had, we had the mortal sin, you know. And if you would look at a girl in a certain way, I mean, you were going to go to hell. That was a mortal sin. Se- if You kissed her, you know. That would be a mortal sin. And we, we managed to survive that. Okay. But what has happened to, you know, the affiliation between the people and the clergy? Okay, they become disaffected, okay? They don't believe in the boogeyman anymore. I mean, look, Matt, is the earth flat? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, like sometimes you feel like you're, you know, Galileo standing before the Pope saying, well, from my studies, we're we're revolving around the sun in, in a solar system, and that's my conclusion and the pope says well i'm the pope and i can tell you that from my studies of the bible the world is flat and you better say like i say otherwise you're going to you know we're going to send you to see the inquisition and is that what you want you know and we're we're in a world where you know we talk about science and we spoke previously of you know religious dogma which is something you have to believe because we we said so so it's like saying matt if you want us to get along okay let's agree that two and two equals five okay and if you we can agree on that things will be okay and you know we'll go a step further maybe tomorrow it'll be three And if you say, yes, Pierre, that's fine with me, then you're okay. That's the way I I believe, you know, we're dealing with people right now. We're We're telling them what they have to believe to be socially acceptable, to be politically correct. Okay. And that has nothing to do with truth. It's all about power and coercion. Okay. And... You know my my quest or my value for you know my my the importance that I you know that I give to my integrity because I am a man of science I am a man of you know of artistic pursuits to me integrity is 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 not optional I can't live without my integrity and it became like I was working I was working in a in an environment where you know. I mean, the fields were mined. They were just waiting for me to do something or say something that would they would be able to use against me, to discredit me. So, and there was a doctor in 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 in, in one of the communities communities out here in the Gaspe, where um, where I work, that you know published in his social media that it's more important for me to spend Christmas with my loved ones, than to be afraid of the COVID virus. And he was attacked by the Quebec Medical Board. It found it, its way into the newspapers. They made a big deal about it. And he was under, you know, like an audit, you know, of, uh, someone, you know, put put out a complaint. And, um you know, they're 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 pressuring him and they, they you know the, the chief, the president of the Quebec Medical Board Um called him irresponsible. To me, that's going way too far. Way too far. So when when I saw things like that going on, and um I was receiving complaints for having shared with some of my patients, um you know my concerns about you know the way this um, pandemic is being you know dealt with, and you know that, and sharing that from my study of the situation, what we were being told didn't really fit in with what I you know I was experiencing in my reality, the reality of my practice. Okay, didn't 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 fit, didn't confirm, and I saw also. I was getting complaints because I wasn't following the clinical guidelines. Now, once again, the Quebec College okay, uh, deemed that the use of hydroxychloroquine was inappropriate in COVID-19 patients, Okay, whereas I'd used hydroxychloroquine in some patients, with very positive results, you know. So I found myself in conflict with what I knew to be useful and true and what I was being told to use and to follow as the guidelines. And I'll give you another example. You know, we, we all know, we all heard about the the great Spanish flu that goes back to 1918, 1919, where millions of people died, okay. Now, those, sur- the sur- those who survived that pandemic, those who survived that pandemic definitively learned of all kinds of remedies okay, to treat the flu. Now, we all remember, you know, the person that calls the doctor, you know, and then at night, doctor says, take two aspirin, drink plenty of fluids, rest, and I'll call you in the morning. You know? <laughs> okay and And we use steroids okay and why do you why do you want to drink when you understand the pathology the physiopathology of the viral infection it 's very easy to explain why simple things work okay now i don 't know if you 've ever used or heard about you know the the vix vapor rub for your cold yeah. it 's got the eucalyptus oil and the the menthol and the camphor, you know, in, in the Vaseline and, you know, you can put that in a vaporizer and you put that out in the room and it smells, you know, like eucalyptus and menthol. Well, the essential oils that are in there are antiviral. So if you're using that, if they use that in the old folks homes, they would be Purifying the air. Why don't they do that? Okay. I was attacked because I recommended to one of my elderly patients to use Vicks. Okay. Another one of the old remedies is you know the gin, uh, the gin thing. You know with the the lemon juice, the hot water, and put some gin in and drink that. Okay. Well, they they recommend people put alcohol on their hands. Why? Because it kills the virus. Well, if you're drinking lemon juice hot water and gin what does that do to the viral particles in the back of your throat where the virus is developing you know why do you why do you want to have chicken soup because the chicken soup is hot water with fat and protein and the broth okay will take the viral particles bring them down into the stomach okay where the acidity in the stomach will neutralize the viruses so if you're lowering the viral load in the back of your throat where the virus develops you're helping yourself heal so if you gargle with you know either just salt water or with an antiseptic you know mouthwash and you're doing these simple things and you're taking the vitamin D and you're taking the vitamin C okay you're you're protecting yourself, but we we don't give out simple things that have been proven in the past to be effective. It's not, you don't, I mean, you don't need necessarily hydroxychloroquine. You don't necessarily need steroids. Some people would benefit from those treatments. And recently there was another uh, medication that came out that was, um, Being presented for approval by a doctor Pierre Corrie, who's a a a renowned um, representing a renowned group of um, you know intensive care physicians and and, you know respiratory physicians talking about a, a treatment called ivermectin that's used in parasitical diseases. Okay, and you know about you know chlorine dioxide. You know there are so many treatments that could be used that are being censored. I mean, what do you, what do you understand about all that, Matt? I mean, they don't want people to be healthy. They want people to be sick.
0: Yeah, Pierre. Well, you, you shared a lot there, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> there's so much we could dive into, but one of the things that I saw recently was that CTV was doing a, Um, little segment, and they shared the numbers of um, COVID deaths. And what they accidentally did was let people know that 98% of deaths in Canada have come in long-term care. They showed the numbers. Somebody did the math, and it it was 98%. And I can link that up for people to um, see that. And we know between provinces, the average death is between 80 Two and 86. And the average life expectancy in Canada is 84. You know, given give or take, you might find some other statistics. And so when we factor that in, why are we creating these mask mandates? Why is it six feet away? And why all of a sudden, immediately when this happens, uh, Bill Gates is out there as the planet's doctor, letting everybody know that we're going to be forced vaccinated and we need every single person on the planet to do it, it seems kind of fishy. And one of the things, if you look in the legislation in Canada and parts of the parts of the state, but they talk about emergency measures and emergency to basically make uh, vaccination mandatory. And in order to do that, there can be no other treatments. And so if, if we're looking at how many people die and, and you were you know, you were treating people like, did you see this big swell of, of deaths and people dropping dead at 30 in the States? The CDC released, it was an average of 2.6 existing comorbidities um, with, with the death. So it wasn't because of COVID, it was with COVID using a PCR test, which as I understand it, isn't so great for um, detecting viral contagion from carry Mullis. So you can be the, the expert on that. And so when we start adding up all these things, and then you start peeling behind the curtains on who is enforcing this. Like if you're responsible for your community's healthcare and I go in, I go in to see you and I bring my family to you as my medical doctor, it's like they're handcuffing you on giving me the best treatment because it's coming down the line. And if you don't obey, essentially the world health organization, which is unelected, you know, we have all these unelected people um, saying what we can do for our health. How does that make me feel safe? How does that make me feel like um, the establishment is is being honest, especially when they're doing all these other things? And any doctor that speaks out, um, like the doctors in California, they said we found that the average death rate was 0.26%. Everybody ridiculed them. It was fake news on, on on social media. I lost friends when I posted that because they were upset. It wasn't scary enough, um, but that was the data coming out from real doctors trying to tell the truth. And then what happens is they get ridiculed and attacked. And so when we have this environment where it's so hostile, even experts like yourself or anyone saying anything against a narrative that is being controlled, obviously by a certain amount of people. And in doing all the research that I have, you know, I probably put four or 500 hours into it already. I realized that pharmaceutical vaccine companies are the number one lobbyists in Canada and U.S. governments, and they're also the number one advertisers. And then you go back to the Flexner Report of 1910, when essentially Rockefeller hijacked modern medicine, and so at that time, you could go to homeopathy or allopathy, and so But then they said, oh, that's quackery." They say, no, Pierre is a quack because he's saying use lemon juice and this. You don't actually need this pill in which you can buy for this amount, and you should probably take it forever. And so now we get into the integrity of medicine, and we were speaking um, before we started about how you – created your practice and how you wanted to get to know the person and how you know you really wanted to operate with integrity because it was someone's life you know it's the most important thing and you took that with honor and respect and now this system and I think other people are feeling this pressure other doctors from around the world are gathering um, because they're noticing what is going on like how can we have a mandatory vaccine for something with a 99.97 survival rate you know, it, it's just absurd. So that's kind of what I'll share as a tidbit and get your feedback on on what I said for uh, accuracy and and a fact check from a medical you're, you're, doctor. You're
1: you're, com- <laughs> you're completely you're completely right, Matt. You're, I mean, you're 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 well informed. And um, the way I look at it, you know, as I said, having worked with the natives that are on reservation reservations, and having worked with Métis. Who chose not to go to the reservations. And you know, studying history, how do we know who we're dealing with? Okay, who's behind this? Okay. Now, if someone who's willing to deport, you know, the whole Acadian population, as you know, the those that they can get their hands on, because they don't just don't want them to live there or were able to crush a Métis revolution by hanging Louis Réel because he was just representing those that had legitimate land claims, you know, along the Red River and that the, you know, the, the rail barons wanted to, you know, depossess them of those lands illegally. Um, You know, you're, you're talking about a government That doesn't honor its word, doesn't honor the treaties. Okay? When something doesn't suit their purpose, they write out a law that will neutralize what they said before. So you can't, you know, where's the integrity there? So how do you negotiate or how do you communicate? How do you talk? with someone who's planning to eliminate you. So when you understand that, you know, that person is just waiting for the right moment to, you know, get you out of the equation because you're the, you're the problem preventing them from accessing what they want. Okay. And they're frustrated from that. So you're, you're a problem for them because, they're not as happy as you are. They're not able to benefit from the, the pleasures of life as you are. They're just frustrated and, um, on, you know, it's a pathology, a psychopathology where they're willing to kill anyone, okay, that, um, that stands in their way. And, uh, you know, you, 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 I think it was Clifford Mahoudi said, these people are willing to shoot down a plane of how many people just to kill one person? You know? So we're dealing with people that don't care about us. They don't care about life. They don't even seem to care about the planet that we live on. So these are really sick people. You know, really sick people. And um, they're smart and their methods have worked for thousands of years. I mean, in, in Roman times, Caesar was the God. Was, Caesar was a God. He considered, considered himself to be a God. The Pope, you know, considers himself. To be the intermediary between God and the world. Okay, you don't get to God, you know, through any other way except through Him. You know, and other religions the same thing. You know, so they have a, mono- a monopoly on divine access, or you know, they determine who has the right to live and the right to die, and they use their power to kill. They're licensed to kill, to, you know, to create fear. And um, that's what their power is based upon. You know, in Jesus's times, when you approach Jerusalem, you know, on the road to the gates of the city, you know, there are crosses on the way. And who were on those crosses, you know, dying or dead? You know, you know the sword, sword says, look what we do. To those um, who don't conform, don't obey to what we tell them to do. This is what we do to them. We torture them. We kill them. You know. We make them really suffer. You know. And that's the way we work. That's the way we function. So when you, you're giving out, and, and we're, what we're going through right now is, we're we're frightening the people, and we're and they're threatening. Okay. Every way possible, people are getting life threats, okay death or death threats, whatever you want to call them, okay for, for taking you know for having opinions that are that are different from our authorities. So when you're you're able you have to resort to violence to end in, uh, a discussion, it's because you have nothing intelligent or worthwhile to say, and the only the only argument you have is the violence that you can you can you can you can spew out.
0: Pierre, I wanted to jump in there and and um, just add this quote that's been coming up so often for me, and uh, my friend Mark England told me and he said that. Uh, Rudolf Steiner said that anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is Luciferian. And so when we're looking at what's going on in the world and and if we want to have free speech and open debate, we might believe the total opposite thing. Um, But if if my belief requires enforcement on you, that's when we might be on the side of the oppressor. And to go back to – understanding a little bit of the indigenous cultures and the Mi'kmaq. I know that you've worked with them as well. And what David Lombear and Clifford have both told me is they said the extermination agenda is not over. Well, Mm
1: -hmm. that's definitely, I can, I can confirm that. I mean, everything that's being done is to corrupt, you know, the, 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 you know, the tribes, the reservations, you know, the communities, so they put them up, you know, divide and conquer. You know, they have the whole elections on, you know, the band councils and the benefits and the dishing out of money, benefits, to, you know, depending on what clan you're in and the money involved, it's to buy them out, get them fighting against each other, destroy the community spirit and eventually make them dependent on the government and lose their language, lose their culture. And then they, 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 they can eliminate them, uh, they, they've, they've succeeded, succeeded in eliminating them.
0: And so one of the things that I'm curious about is we're looking at this vaccine here, and I didn't look into vaccines at all until the start of this thing. And then again, I go back to the Flexner report, which makes me curious. And I, I realize when I look at the debate between Robert Kennedy Jr. and Alan Dershowitz, and then go back a little bit further uh, to germ theory versus terrain theory, and understanding, you know, what, what happened for smallpox and, and um, these different things of, of what the effectiveness of, of vaccines actually were. And so there are definitely two sides to the story that uh, Robert Kennedy brings up a book saying that, you know, uh, I don't know if it's smallpox or which one it was, but um, there was whole books written saying it was actually improvement in the cleanliness and the hygiene that allowed for people to overcome that. Um, but people are going to say, or, or the people who, who run the vaccine companies or whatever are going to claim that it was the vaccines to promote their agenda. Um, and so I'm curious because this vaccine that's coming out for COVID that the entire world is going to take uh, for a virus with a 99.97 survival rate, that the average age of death around the world is 80 plus, Um, And it's going to be injected into everyone. And then I'm not even going to go into some of the old presentations I've seen, where the elite could use medicine um, as a weapon against people or the native, you know, people are like, Oh, that could never happen. Well, Um, In Africa, I think they were deliberately given syphilis. Uh, There's another presentation where they were testing other vaccines. There are Indian lawyers that are still actively trying to sue Bill Gates for the harm that he's done down there, and countless other stories that seem very credible. So I would be... Oh, and then I was going to say about the Native American too, Clifford was talking about how the um, British said, oh, here's some blankets for you. Then they had smallpox and wiped out tons of uh, indigenous people. So if you don't think that these things can happen, they can, but people can't perceive that maybe something so vile could happen to us. And now I don't know if this vaccine, maybe it's the best vaccine ever, but really do you need one that has such a great survival rate, you know, and, and do I have to have it? Like you can have it if you want. Um, but I'm cool with my body and my health and, um, you know, all that, you know, so from what I've seen about what they have in it, it makes me question its effectiveness, first of all, and why we would need the entire planet to take it. And why would we need, you know, people under 40 who are basically immune to this completely why would they need to take it and so and then why are they giving it to the indigenous uh why are they prioritizing the indigenous peoples and is is that something that you think is going to be effective if it's necessary or what do you know about um that that whole entire bag of worms
1: well you said it all pretty well okay now i the way i would answer that is if You know, I was in charge of the uh, depopulation agenda. I would choose a vaccine. As the most effective way of influencing, you know, the genetic code. Okay, they're using already in China, um, you know, genetic modifying technology on their army. So, I mean, when I, when I, when I entered medicine um, and I started studying, to me, it was clear that we'd, we'd get into genetic enge- engineering very quickly. Okay. So it's, and, um, you know, we've been cloning for some time. Um, we've been doing all kinds of genetic, you know, my, um microbiology, you know, the, you know, molecular biology research, okay? And we have nanotechnology. So those are tools that, of course, could be used to cure genetic diseases in a very effective way if we wanted to. But who has... You know, why is it that the, you know, the army, the military, you know, they have um, a say over what patents are public and what are, you know, put away for national security reasons. Okay. And um, so, you know, the, 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 the most powerful inventions are kept for military purposes. And the you know the, the you know the, the 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 laboratories with you know the greatest security level four you know like in Winnipeg and Fort for Dietrich okay and Wuhan okay what are they used for you know they're not um, they're not going to prevent the flu they're not going to cure the common cold they're not going to cure there are more people dying of of, of food shortage than from COVID and they're not taking, you know, if they put just, you know, if they were logical, they'd be feeding people. They'd be helping the people in the refugee camps, you know, they'd be, um, you know, you know, getting people off the street, you know, helping them, you know, people with the, you know, the mental health problems and addiction problems, you know, and give, giving them coaches like you. and so many other people that you know that know how to you know to 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 set up a healthy you know lifestyle you know there i mean we could do so much good given the right conditions okay and we're at a time where we do have the knowledge we do have the people we we have the technology we could do really Miracle work, really miracle, miraculous stuff, okay? Um, we're dealing with this monster that um, seems to have determined that 500 million people on the planet's enough for now. You know what I'm talking about, the Georgia Guidestones. And, and we talk about, I mean, those that are promoting the vaccine you know the gates and, and 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 gates warren buffett bloomberg seems like supposedly that even uh what's her name the woman with the you know the talk show the black woman with the talk show uh,
0: oprah
1: oprah had a meeting <laughs> in 2000 i think it was 2008 hmm. where they were discussing you know, the, the overpopulation problem, and that you couldn't expect the governments to solve the problem. They had to take that into their own hands. And it's after that that Buffett and, and Gates put together $41 billion into vaccination research. Now, if that's, that seems to be true, okay, they're, they're, they're attacking overpopulation with vaccine research so when you think about it um you know to me everything that we're 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 witnessing right now okay uh reminds me way too much of what happened in germany before you know when the second world war um broke out where they started Rounding the people up, the Jews and the people, the dissenters, and putting them in in the ghettos, and then closing the ghettos, and then taking them out of the ghettos and putting in putting them them into the train wagons, bringing them to the camps, having them work in the camps, and then put them in the in the gas chambers. So it looks really a lot to me like a depopulation agenda. And, um, and when you consider the, the, psych, the psychology of the people that are, and the way that it's being put in place, you know, the censoring, the propaganda, um, the coercion, um, you know, to me, it's pretty obvious, actually, that, you know, it's very, very sinister, and uh, it's not to the benefit of the people. Okay, for me to for me to resign, and say what I'm saying, is because I I I truly believe that we're we're headed to a depopulation agenda. We're in it right now, and if the people don't wake up, don't look around, don't calm down, don't ask themselves, who do I trust? Is it possible that I've been brainwashed? Okay, like there's a saying, what did we wash more in 2020? Our hands or our brains? (laughs) (laughs) You know, we, you know, we, we were, and, and, you know, the, the technology, the knowledge, you know, communication, technology to, to mind control people is, is amazingly powerful today. They know how to profile you. They know how to sell you what you want to buy. They know how to get to you and they know what your belief systems are and they know what to present to you in what fashion for you to believe. And, and, you know, we talked about, we were talking about, you know, the flat earth. Okay. Now to me, to me, In the world we're in, I do believe that it's good to consider alternate theories and to listen to what people have to say, no matter how out of the box it may seem. I agree with you on that, okay? And when you have people like Michael Tellinger, you know, that I greatly respect, okay, going there, and people like Santos Bonacci, you know, going there, and people that I really respect and you know i've looked into it okay but to me one of the things you know that that strikes me um is that like i told you when you're navigating in an ocean of information and there's so much disinformation that's put out there the main message that your brain gets it's that you can't trust anyone. You can't trust anything. I am lost. Anything can be true. Okay, Santa Claus maybe really exists. Maybe he does have a house at the host, at the North Pole. Maybe there is an Easter Rabbit. Maybe you know there there is a hell that I'm going to go to when I die. You know, maybe this, maybe that. And and what's you know there, there's there's a great. French scientist, okay, called Jacqueline Bousquet, who worked at the INRS in France. And the way she summed it up was what you believe is true true to you. You live in your own universe. And you create that universe, your perception, your universe is created by and is structured around your belief systems. So you're going to perceive and see, and 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 it can go so far as to create experiences that will validate your universe. So we have we talk about parallel timelines, we talk about parallel universes. You know, we've been into some pretty deep physics with Nassim. You know, and the the, the structure of the vacuum and the radius of the proton and you know the 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 Planck and you know he's an amazing guy to follow okay but when you think about it what what we understand is it's the importance of consciousness okay what can our consciousness create in reality we talk about co-creation so we are collectively now creating all of this through consciousness. And there are those whose job is to, you know, drive your consciousness, to steer your consciousness into a certain frame or a worldview that enables them to create the timeline that suits them. So we are on, um, um, a project to, you know, it's social engineering, it's mind control. Um, it's an agenda to, um, steer our collective mind consciousness into, um, a way of looking at things. And, you know, I get back to, you know, to Caesar and being the God, um, you know, the, 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 The power structure that's in the world, the geopolitics right now, you know, put, you know, the United States against China. There's Russia, but basically it's the United States against China. Now, why did the Chinese invade Tibet? Not for the riches, not for the wealth, not for the resources, because of the spirituality. They want, the Chinese Communist Party cannot accept. Why are they prosecuting the you know the Falun Gong Falun Gong? they don't want spiritual people connected to God. they want the people to believe that the only thing you can you need to base your 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 life on is the communist party they're the god there's nothing else so they want you to be cut off from your divinity okay so they don't, they don't want Tibet. They don't want, you know, people that are meditating and praying and using, you know, the, the powers of consciousness. So they attack that. Okay? And um, probably the people that are most attacked right now, in, look, the natives were attacked basically for their spirituality because they are, were fundamentally spiritual people. The natives, the people that are living in the jungles in in harmony with nature, to me, one of the greatest forms of spirituality is walking in balance. Connected to your spiritual ancestors and traditions, the stars, the shaman, shamanic traditions, you know, living in your body, connected to nature, mother earth through, you know, you're, you're grounded and walking in balance and in respect and doing the three, you know, you, you, to me, that's the highest spirituality. You know, we've been, we've been, we've been taught spiritualities where you're always threatened by a God for punishment. You know, if you don't do what you're told, you know, if you do this, you, you won't go to heaven. And that, you know, that has instilled a very deep fear. And it's a very good way of, you know, obliging people to conform. Okay. Now we've we've been in a culture that has had to deal with, you know, that reality. In in, in Quebec, we had an artistic movement called Le Refus Global, the global global refusal, where the you know the the artist said you know, basically, you know, we don't want to have to submit. religious dogma anymore we want to be able to do our 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 research our work um freely in truth in an integrity we don't want to be you know limited by dogma so if we if we understand that nobody can feel for you nobody can See what you see. Nobody can do what only you can do. Nobody can love as you do. Nobody can really tell you how you should feel. Oh, you shouldn't cry. Oh, you shouldn't laugh. Oh, this isn't funny. You shouldn't believe this. Oh, this isn't politically correct. We're being programmed to deny our own thoughts, our own feelings, you know, our sentiments, okay, and and disconnect from our soul. So, to me, that's what we're faced with. And um, so, you know, when we say that what we're going through is a spiritual battle, a battle for the soul of humanity, and yes, we are using health care as the weapon. You know, people are afraid of dying, okay? They're afraid of being sick, They're af- and we're instilling the fear in the minds of the children that you could be responsible for the, for the death of grandma or grandpa, or this person or that person because you didn't socially distance. You didn't wear your mask. That's terrible, in my mind. I mean that. You know, doing that to kids is 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 criminal for me. I mean, that's enough for me to get out of this system and say I don't, I don't, I don't buy into this. And I, I get let me out. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll wash dishes. <laughs> you know, I'll sweep floors. I'll do what you know. I'll do. An, I'll find another job if I have to. I'll clean out the toilets. You know, whatever. You know but I will not accept to participate in a system that is promoting this right now, okay? So, you know, we, we, need, we need to be able to, we need. I hope that those that are going through this like we are, that are looking for their peace, will be able to find that space within themselves through whatever spiritual or physical practice they can do to calm themselves down and to realize who are you? What are you doing here? What do you care about? What's worth living for and what's worth dying for? Okay, and, you know, afraid of death. I'm a doctor. You know, I I became a doctor. Why? I wanted to save lives, man. I wanted to save lives. Okay. And I worked many years wanting to save lives, and people died anyway. No matter how hard I worked, and no matter how good I was. Okay. And I had to learn to deal with death. You know, and I when I was working as an anatomy teacher, you know, doing dissections on human cadavers, teaching students, you know, who are going to be doing surgical work or doctors or surgeons and you're working on the human body. And I came from a Catholic background, you know, and you know, they, you know, the, the there was the whole sacredness of, you know, the, the the burial and the body and the whole thing about the resurrection. And, you know, we're going to rise up when Jesus comes back. So there was that whole aspect of the story. And you wonder, what are we doing? We're cutting these people up into pieces and putting them in, in boxes. And how are they going to resurrect? And, you know, the leader of the lab, don't worry about that. God will take care of that. You know, it was very simple. No, it goes to show how ridiculous it was. Okay. And, but you know you're concerned about the you know death until you get to the point where you have people like dr raymond moody who wrote the book life after life or life after death or whatever and you've got and i've met many people many people in my practice who've died had near death experiences and come back and shared them with me so so i can't pretend there's nothing on the other side I can't be afraid of you know you know whatever of dying I don't and when you talk about suffering okay I can tell you that yes you know we suffer uh, I've been through my share and um, you know sometimes you have to go through difficult experiences to learn to overcome them and suffering is in my experience, part of the process, you know, you have to be able to go through things that are, can be really hard. You get, you know, to where you, you think you you, you can go no further, you know, you've got to your limit and you still have to go on. But, um, and sometimes you even want to die because it's too tough, but um, it's not, it's not the death, It's not the, it's not the death that, that I believe we should be afraid of. It's not living that's difficult. We should be afraid of not living, not being alive, not, you know, what keeps us alive is the people that we love and care for. and having you know the sense that we do have a use you know we have a mission here, we're here for a reason. There's something that only we can do. What is it that only you can do? What is it that only you can do the way you do it? You know, when I said at the beginning, sing in the choir, every voice is important. Every contribution is important. Every person that brings their stone to build the cathedral is important, every contribution is important, okay? And, you know, the the spiritual leader, the Indian spiritual leader that says, my only weapon is the truth and I pray for my enemies. So that whole notion of praying, for your enemies and there's a woman that i don't know if you've ever heard of her dr sue arrigo she's um she supposedly was um very close to the you know the the political leadership in the bush administration okay and um was a doctor who was you know they asked her to sign on Um, autopsy reports of people that had been eliminated and they wanted to, you know, to get the diagnoses and the reports in the way they wanted them. And she was part of supposedly, you know, the, you know, the whole mind control programs. And when she was being, she would be tortured by these people. And while she was being tortured, the way she would survive was to find a way to pray for the soul of the person that was torturing her.
0: Wow. That reminds me of... Uh the story of, I think her name is Immaculée Biza, who went through the Rwanda genocide. And she tells a story of how everyone was massacred and she was hiding in this uh, bathtub and, and eventually got to this point of forgiveness and wrote a book about it. And that to me sounds like the craziest thing to be able to get to forgiveness to somebody who, had done that to your family or murdered and tortured your family. So that's, that's definitely a level of, of spirituality that I have not attained. Um, and I think it's, it's pretty, pretty intense. And so there's a lot of ways I want to go at this now. Cause I'm curious. Cause I think that, that we need, we need to defend Right. Like in the in the indigenous cultures and in the Mi'kmaq, they have a, a matriarchy and it's the grandmothers that say whether they're going to go to war or not to defend the family, to defend the tribes, to defend the children. And, you know, when we were talking before the starter, you said this is a fight for the children. This is a fight for. Our future.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and we're looking at what's going on. And the more that things unfold, it seems like definitely a fight between good and evil. It's so clear when you see it in politics or you see it in media or you see what's going on. You're like, that's that's definitely evil. It's manipulation. It's suppression to this end. And then we, you have a lot of obedient people. And then you have a lot of people who are under the guise of hypnosis or brainwash and, and their convictions. And they think that they're doing something good, um, but they might, might not be. And you're talking about You know China versus USA, and that's what I I figured uh, right away in March and looked at that and I was like, holy smokes, like this is serious. And I remember working on a project with a friend of mine. We he wanted to do a big event in Los Angeles called uh, Blacklisted, and the reason why it was named Blacklisted was because if you spoke out about China's oppression and what they were doing as far as forced organ harvesting. And the suppression of Falun Dafa and killing people—you couldn't do business in China. And so that's when I really woke up to what China was doing. I, I didn't even know that when I was training martial arts there with the Shaolin monks. I found it weird that they—they wouldn't talk about politics or religion. I thought it was odd that you couldn't have Facebook or YouTube. Um, I didn't—I didn't know at the time. I wasn't—you know—I wasn't really there for that. I was there for martial arts. And so now I'm like, holy smokes, that was going. That was what's going on. And in working in that project, what my which it never got off the ground, by the way, because when we got we got the axe, he had paid $200,000 to secure a bit of land or $150,000 or something. When they found out what the event was for, some higher up who rented the land stopped it. So we got blacklisted from doing a festival event called Blacklisted, which is kind of ridiculous, but it shows the power and influence China has on USA, on Canada, obviously, um, if you follow this. And I I don't like politics, but I'm curious how our world works. And so I was curious about, um, you know, the International Tribunal of Natural Justice and what they were doing to help stop... Uh, human trafficking Mm. and when i found out about that i was like wait what there's how many people about 20 million people estimated to 40 million human trafficking what is going on and so when you use common sense and so if anyone's listening to this and they're having cognitive dissonance and they want to try a common sense problem you know what's what's more severe 9.1 million people dying of starvation where it's a simple remedy that we can all figure out with very minimal cost Um, but now we have the entire world stopped on a halt for people dying 80 years plus and the remedy for that is a vaccine that is not been proven safe that has uh mrna in it i, I believe with genetically modified materials and that's the entire planets and um, the nano
1: the nanoparticles
0: yeah and nanoparticles and i wanted to ask you about the testing too because you know i looked at the nanoparticles and what they can do there because they can release uh you know they could call it medicine could but it could be anything a month or two months or three months later with this technology and they're jamming a q-tip up near the blood brain barrier and a friend of mine got the test and she said it was incredibly painful and she was like they were jamming this q-tip up their nose so we've got this deadliest virus of all time but you can't do a mouse swab or anything else you've got to jam a q-tip up up someone's nose and my fear for that is maybe there was a drop-off load on, on some of them like they did in Africa like they did to the Native Americans like they've done to these other places and when you look up Klaus Schwab and you look up who runs the World Health Organization you do your research on China and their influence with the World Health Organization it becomes pretty apparent that these people do not have your best interests at heart and I do think it's a battle between USA and uh china right now and my friend when we worked on the
1: well you uh, say china you know you know that the bank of china who founded the bank of china
0: i don't know that's gonna be a new one for me
1: the jesuits oh the jesuits went to china went to china who's who, what kind our pope what does he do he's a jet he was a jesuit Okay, the, the Catholic Church went to China, okay? The Jesuits were there. They, you know, the, the Bank of China is not set up in a Chinese, a Chinese way. The Mandarins did not administer China the way the Bank of China is, is in. The whole backing of Mao. I mean, why did, why did the, I think it was David Rockefeller say that the, the Chinese Cultural Revolution was a great success? I mean the, the the money behind the communist Chinese Communist Party doesn't come from China. The system doesn't come from from China. It's not Chinese. They're using the Chinese people like we're being used to, to, to support to fall you know and, and the Jesuits, okay, you know, they, 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 they answer to the you know to the to the, the Jesuit Pope, the black Pope. I've heard about that, but I don't know too much
0: in detail. So who I've seen that, I've seen that before. There was, there was two popes, right? Um, well, you've got
1: the black Pope, the Jesuit Pope, and right. you've got the official Pope. Okay? Right. And um, I mean, the per, the person who's, you know, who's, who's, um, who's up front is never the one really having the power. Like the Rothschilds understood that a long time ago. Right. I mean, you don't, you don't, you don't, it doesn't matter who's in on the throne. If you if you if you if you're the, you know if you're you're loaning the money to make the wars, and you're loaning the money to make the wars, you're 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 financing both sides, and your 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 main your main capital is the information on what's going on, so you can play the game. So once so you understand that, you know, people there, you can, you can play them one, one against the other. You can say this person is threatening you and you have to defend yourself. You have to buy cannons and build ships and upgrade your military because you've got your enemy that's gaining power, you know, and they use that scare tactic, you know, to, to, to make the, you know, the people that are, that are doing the loans, they, they need the money to, to, to finance their operations. Okay. And then you, you know, you become an expert on the arms, on the weapon systems you know that's basically what you want to know so that you can follow them and suggest to them well now you need to go into biowarfare now you need to go into information technology now you have to go into aerospace technology you have to have satellites you need you need missiles you need nuclear warheads you need this you need that you know you know this is what your enemy has and if you want to be overtaken you don't want to be overtaken you need that so you're playing one against the other but basically You're financing both sides and monitoring the information between the two, and you want them to ignore you. Right. And, you know, you know, you you pretend, well, you know, you've got your MI6 working for, you know, for Britain. You've got the CIA working for the United States. You've got the Jesuits working for the Vatican. And you've got the Mossad for Israel. You got, you know, they they all have their secret services. You know, you have them playing their games, spy, spy versus spy. You know that old comic book thing. Mm-hmm. They, and and uh, and and you know the whole the whole game is you don't you don't you you benefit from having them blinded by their stupidity. I mean, they're too stupid to settle things in another way than battle and war. So as long as you're too stupid. So, you know, you, you, I mean, I saw the video that was put out, um, you know, during an interview with uh, Daniel Ratcliffe, you know, the DNI yeah. for the United States. And they were showing, you know, the what the China was preparing. And you could see the parades that they did last year in 2019 in Beijing, showing off their military might, okay. I mean it's it, it looks like Nazi Germany the parades so they're they're getting ready for war and the US are ready for war and now they're using the influence the politics and the media and the tech to um maybe you know do if they if they can do it with a, a psychological operation and people let go because they don't understand what's going on, and they just want to find some comfort in all of this and some peace of mind, well they you know they'll just you know they'll, they'll take the easiest path out of all of this, you know because they 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 don't they don't know what's you know they don't generally soldiers don't even know why, why they're at war. They don't know really what they're fighting for, who they they have to trust or they have to be obliged to the point where they have no choice. And I, I believe that in China, I believe that in China, the soldiers, okay, what kind of brainwashing have they been through? What kind of training have they been through to be in there? Okay. Now you've been into martial arts. Okay um what does it take okay it's one thing to be face to face with an adversary what when what if when you're alone in a hostile environment you better be you better be smooth how do you how do you fare when you're alone in a hostile environment, what do you do when you're behind enemy lines? Okay. And we were talking, you know, we said that we'd have a casual conversation, okay? When we were talking about, you know, the spiritual aspects, okay, one of the, you know, I I had the opportunity to, um, to be close with some Tibetan monks. You trained with the Shaolin. I meditated with some Tibetan Buddhist monks and, you know, I have my Tibetan name, you know? And um, you know, and study you know the, the you know the practices and the history, and one of the the Buddhas, his name is Avalokiteshvara. Okay, Avalokiteshvara was um, you know started out. He was like a monk, and he was walking out in the you know in the countryside, and he came across a mother tiger. Who had her her kittens little tigers and she was dying of hunger and the, you know she had no milk you know in her, in her, in 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 her in her defeat her, her 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 kittens and um the monk was touched you know with compassion for this tiger the mother tiger and um he went up to her and she looked at him and he cut his finger to give her blood so she would become strong enough. You know? And then he said to the mother tiger, eat me, so you can feed your, your pups or your kittens. Okay? And um, that was what the mother tiger did. She ate the monk and was able to survive and feed her kittens. And the story goes on to say, in a future life, she came back, the mother tiger, and became one of Buddha's disciples because of that act of compassion. So, what the Buddhist traditions and and the, the, you know the the Oriental you know the Veda the Veda the, the, the Hindu traditions teaches, but we have more than one lifetime. Okay, we're here to learn and to practice love and compassion, to enlighten ourselves. And, um, you know, um, when you're a warrior, you're a warrior. But, you know, the warrior to be a great warrior has to overcome his fear of death you 're willing to die for your cause you're willing to die for your brother you're willing to die for those that are fighting alongside of you you're willing to use your body as a shield for them you know that is you know the the, the call of the warrior
0: wow man I just I listen to you talk all day there's a there's so much stuff in there that uh, we could dive so much deeper into. Um, it's such a challenging time because there's so much, uh, misinformation, there's fear everywhere and, and we have to overcome our fear of death to be useful. And I think you were talking to me before about, uh, the quote, until I conquer my fear of death, I accomplish nothing. Was that Martin Luther King? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that we are all going through our own, uh,
1: Dark night of the soul.
0: Yeah. And you're going to have to face it eventually. most people are trying to cognitive dissonance it, but what if it gets worse and the warnings have been put out, the warnings have put Mm -hmm. out and we need more people to stand up. And so, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, you know, to get your opinion on, but what, what solutions do you see moving forward? Do you see a way out of this? Like when I was talking to my friend about um, China He said that uh, there's a prophecy that goes when the red dragon rises, that's when the great awakening happens. And so I I have to hang on to some hope here because – knowledgeable people like yourself like you know not a lot of people know about you know the banking and empires and the Rothschilds and all these you know secret hidden hands that do exist and they do influence things and they don't have the benefit of uh, mankind behind there And when you know how to look for it like when I worked for the International Tribunal on National Justice it does go into Luciferianism human sacrifice children's sacrifice yeah. it's awesome you,
1: you have to go there you have to go there if you don't go if you're not able to go there Because it's obvious that, you know, when what unites you is, you know, being in a circle where you take what is most sacred and loving, which is a child, a newborn child, and you bring that child into a panic, you know, and a suffering, Um, you torture that child, okay? And you burn that child, you cook that child alive, Okay, and you feast on that. That's your that's your, your 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 Sabbath. That's your you know the Black Sabbath. Okay, that's what you're you're celebrating. Okay, and you you know the the, the adrenochrome that get that they get out of that. Okay, if that's what unites you, okay, you're and and it fin- and finishes up in a, in in a, in a sex orgy. Okay, now what turns you on? It's the be able to defile, to desecrate what is most sacred. I mean, you have a child, Matt. I mean, you know what it feels like to have your baby in your arms. I mean, it's the greatest thing you can experience in life. There is nothing, nothing, you know, that can compare with having, you know, your baby in your arms, feeling the love. And you're, you know, once, you, once, you, once you've had that, you know, you're, you look at life completely different. Okay, so it, 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 it completely affects your vision of life when you have children and that, you, that you've been able to connect with. The drama is there are so many people, too many people, that miss out on the opportunity that a child brings into a family, the love that they can bring, you know, just their presence. It, it changes everything. They're, you know They're the most magical thing you can find. Well, they're doing, what you know, the satanic magic is to take that entity, which is a child, okay, and to offer that to Satan. And to, you know, to torture and cook and eat that. Okay, so if that's what unifies you, well, you're not going to,
0: you're not going to brag about
1: it if that brings you, if, you know, if that's what it takes to, you know, to be admitted into this circle of power, and, you know, they say Satan reigns upon the world, well, he reigns upon the world in as much as that capacity to sell your child to the devil, that capacity that you, you have nothing sacred, you don't protect life, you don't, have any consideration, you know, that makes you an elite member of the circle, okay? If that's what it takes, you know, and gives you power, okay, well, then you become part of the ruling class, and then you can operate in the circles of power. And when when you look at what you need to qualify in those positions of power, okay, either you've sold out, monetarily or either you're compromised with something that you don't want out okay and depending on the level you want to ascend to there are certain initiations you have to go through and um you know if you want to understand the world we're in well you've got people you know like um Robert David, you know the International Tribunal on Natural Justice. that They did, you know, the research on the child trafficking and human trafficking, and you've got Robert David Steele, who's doing. Now, I was just going to yeah, bring him Sasha up. And Sasha Stone, and Sasha Stone, okay, and 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 um, the the guy that did, you know, the that you know is writing the book on the pedo empire, the pedo, the pedophilic, uh, m- you know, pedo pedo empire There's a site where the, you know his book. Is free to read online, and you can read it. He's been doing the research for um, many years, and um, there's a, a wealth of information in those books. Okay, but it's not the kind of thing that that we we enjoy that we'd like we like to get into. You know, because once you once you understand that that reality exists. How do you live with that? I mean, if how can you live with the knowledge that that is going on? And what you know, what is your duty as a human being in the face of that? When you know that, and 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 the way the um, The structure is set up, you know, know, compartmentalization, okay? The people that are in the compartments, they only know what they need to know to do the job they're meant to do. Who has the keys to the information to know what the global picture is? I mean, you've been working and doing research to give yourself you know, as global a picture of the what's going on as you can get. And others have been doing the same. Many people have, doing, have been doing serious research to try to get a hand on what's going on. And it's not easy because there's so much disinformation out there. And, and that's and, 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 you know, and even, you know, one same event that's been attended to by different people, they'll give a different report on what happened. They won't necessarily all agree on what actually happened. They have different perspectives and, you know, we have, you know, we have, you know, so much with, you know, the, the consciousness aspect because you've got the Mandela effect. You've heard about that? Yeah. Okay. So why is it that some things we remember so clearly Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Is that what you said? Okay, what did they, you know, the the, the Monopoly guy, did he have a monocle or did he not? Okay, the the Mandela effects, okay, make us so confused as to what reality really is. And when you have people like Elon Musk saying, Well, actually, we're in a virtual reality. This is just a big video game. And our timeline is constantly being upgraded, you know, reset. And we're going, what are they calling? You know, the economic reset, the great reset. Why did they call, you know, the great reset? They're going to rewrite history. the, The censorship, the you know, they, they they had book burnings in the past. Okay. Um, one of you know what did the communist China government do after the Cultural Revolution? I mean, they they wanted to rewrite the whole history of China for the people living in China. They want to control the history. It's not a, it's not about truth, it's about what you think. and what you think if you believe it's true well it's true for you so the world can be flat if you believe it is
0: pierre that's some that's some heavy stuff and and you you brought up a lot of great points you know with the the human trafficking and the and the human sacrifice stuff it's like so many people have such cognitive dissonance and you ask a great question like how do you deal with it and i remember first coming across this stuff when I was younger, I was in my teens and I, I didn't look any further because it was too much. And then it kept coming up and kept coming up. And then, you know, it was, uh, you know, the, the stuff working on bringing awareness to the organ harvesting. And then after that, you know, I was probably 34 or 36. So maybe a little bit younger, 33, working with the International Tribunal on Natural Justice, and really just allowing that information to sink in a little bit and be like, Oh, my God. Like, wow. Like, it's just, it's so mind blowing. And Alex Sikaris, who runs the Skeptical podcast, he is skeptic. You know, we've been in touch. He's a good dude. Uh, We email back and forth. Um, You know, we don't agree on everything, but we agree on quite a bit. But he's he's skeptic about everything. And, you know. You
1: know know what? Being a skeptic, you know, philosophically, you know, I, um, I, I, I met with Raymond Moody a couple of times, Dr. Raymond Moody. And he was a philosopher before being, you know, a doctor and a psychiatrist. And he was talking about when you say you're skeptical, what really is a skeptic? A skeptic is someone who does not conclude his analysis. He doesn't come to a conclusion because he understands he doesn't have all the information. Hmm. If you don't have all the information, don't make any conclusions. You know the, the story of the, you know, the men around the elephant and they're blindfolded. One has the trunk, one has the leg, one has the tail, and one has the, the body. And they, one says it's a wall, one says it's a, it's a tube, one says it's a pillar, and another one says it's a, it's a broom. So you know, depending on you know, on your perception and the information you have, if you conclude, you're not being skeptical. A skeptic, being a real skeptic is not making a conclusion. Basically, that's just what it is. Hmm. Because you don't that. have all the information. I've never heard Be that before. Open. Be open.
0: Hmm. Well, in his in his example that he, he shared on the podcast, he was talking about like it was so fascinating because I was talking about how you can, you know, build a life of, you know, make a living doing what you love and, um, you know, build your life on purpose, right? Getting clear on your values, what you want to offer the world and things like that. And he's given me pushback on that. I'm like, why we need to make money or whatever the case is. And 10 minutes before that, he was talking about basically – awful human sacrifice and torturing kids and stuff. And he said, if we know that that's real and it exists, we need to first figure out, you know, if what they're trying to do is correct and like getting these entities and children, we need to know if that's actually possible. And, you know, his book, which I think is so important because it, it addresses what's going on in the world today. And I think part of how this agenda plays out is it's uh, why evil matters, how science and religion flubbed a big one. And so religion doesn't want to look at it every day. People don't want to look at it. Um, science doesn't look at it. Basically, nobody looks at it. So we've got this evil running amok. And I remember in my younger years, 18 and still now, uh, being like nobody, nobody cared. Nobody, nobody cared about the bankers, nobody cared who actually started the wars and who funds them. Nobody really cared about um, really pulling back the curtains to see why these things were happening and what we could do to potentially solve it because it's one, it's too big for one person to do. But I feel like this awareness is necessary. So it can be stopped because first it's terrifying. Um, It's awful to really ingest. And then it's like, okay, once we know that, we can make a better decision, you know what I mean? And so, you know, this has gone a really really dark path. But the thing is, if you go down all these rabbit holes and you open it up, that's where you're going to end up. That's the end of the rabbit hole. And when you talked about um, Robert David Steele, you know, he's been promoting and sharing these books on uh, these really... I think his name is Joachim Hagopian, if I'm...
1: That's correct. it, Joachim Hagopian, yeah, that's yeah. exactly it.
0: And, you know, he's got three books on it, and it's like, no, this is actually <laughs> legit. And so, if this is legit, and, tw- you know, in the States alone, 80,000 kids a year go missing, right? You want to talk about a pandemic? Well, I'll talk about the age, right? Um, The horrendousness and numbers. Human trafficking is not even comparable. COVID-19 is like a spa vacation compared to that, because like we know you're a doctor, correct me if I'm wrong, 98% long-term care in Canada, average age of 80 plus with uh, usually two or or more existing conditions. And so that sounds like they've lived a life, um, they've passed on. It's not like 20 year olds are dropping dead out of nowhere from sort of- Well,
1: actually what's happening, the suicide rate among the young people is, I mean, doubled. Right. Yep. 10 to 14 year olds. That's that's serious.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I've heard, uh, even, even in the middle that they were saying, uh, the doctor was releasing articles saying that they're seeing more deaths from suicide than they were from COVID because they were dying and then they were doing the PCR test and then labeling it with COVID. And I actually saw an article in Canada today or, or a few days ago that said they're labeling, uh, even suicides in the COVID numbers. Um I need to verify someone fact check that one for me but I I just glossed over it. I didn't look it wouldn't surprise me you know it wouldn't surprise me at all and so that's people's questions like how are all these people dying why aren't you wearing a mask things like that and so it's crazy what's going on um you know I could tell, we we're going to have to do probably two or three of these I didn't know it. you know I'm glad that you're kind of out here sharing that stuff because that's where it needs it needs you have to wrap your head around that darkness, so we can provide a solution. And so that's what I want to ask: how do you how do you feel about this? Because when you ask the question about how do we live with that, that's something that has been challenging for me in my life to know about these horrendous things, and not having a group of people that wanted to at least think about or or come up to a conclusion with. And I feel like. So in the new age spiritual community they'll talk about you know these two things we get more of what we want and, and i agree to that with that to an extent but i also believe there's a bit of manipulation in there where when we when we're not taking action against something that is harmful that is trying to oppress that is going to do something um we're dishonorable and it's interesting that the entire bhagavad gita is is based on a war it's based on yeah. conflict well, and well, so- that,
1: that's- that's where, that's where we, that's like you say, where the, the rabbit, rabbit hole ends. Now you're, you've been in martial arts. Have you ever had to face someone who wants to kill you? Uh,
0: I had a gun to my head and talked down a guy with a machete, but I don't think they were out there to kill me, but they had dangerous weapons. But I think, I think the intent of someone wanting to kill you would be very different. It'd be, okay. and you'd have to defend yourself.
1: Okay. So the guy that had the gun to your head, he wanted to rob you? Rob. Yes. Just wanted the money, wanted to scare you. Yep.
0: And the machete guy wanted to kill someone else and I got in the way. Okay. But that guy's guy's eyes, not the gun, the gun guy's eyes, they were dark and they they were a bit evil and he had two guys, but the guy with the machete, I think it was because it was mixed with alcohol as well, like spirits uh i've never seen eyes like that it was terrifying they were black the blackest evil nothing there like it was it it did not feel human at all it was it was so eerie i've never seen anything like that since uh, or before
1: okay so the guy with the gun did you give him the money (laughs) can you let you go
0: no (laughs) well It's a ridiculous story. I ignored him. I was in the last end of a line of a a tour. And so I got the gun to my head. I looked at him. I looked at the other guy and I ignored him. And then I basically just kept walking. And then I ignored him again, kept walking, ignored him again, kept walking. And now by this time, everybody in the group had realized what was going on. They were all on the ground. And then he shoots the gun in the air. And uh, robs everybody else but me, and then the other guys got some money. So it's it's a longer story than I just summarized there.
1: So so you didn't go into fear? No, I that
0: was the weird thing. I didn't go into fear. It was like the body just reacted. I wish I could have chose a sweet Bruce Lee move, but I didn't choose that. The body just did it, and I just was
1: observing. It was oh, okay. odd. Okay. Okay. And what about the machete?
0: Similar experience where um, there was a fight that broke out. And uh, I'll get just summarize it really quick. A fight in this, this island that was actually getting shut down. All the Cambodians there were getting really drunk. And um, fights broke out, fights broke out. Everything got cleared. And uh, a German guy had fought one of the Cambodian guys. And it was an even tussle. But they don't like it when it's even. So I knew it wasn't done. We go back and we're cleaning up the one guy who had blood on him. And, um, as I had gotten water, I looked and I noticed there was a Cambodian guy, um, at the edge of the, the cabin. And I went in, I gave the water, said, Hey guys, just stay in, don't come out. Right. Cause something's off and he's just in, there's a light. And so he's just in the shadow. And as I'm paying attention to this guy, a taller guy, um, comes and his arm looks funny. Something is weird in the shadows and, then I see a glisten and I realize he's carrying a machete. And so I'm facing the smaller guy asking him, Hey, how are you? What are you doing? Notice this guy coming down and my body shook back and forth kind of like, uh Oh, and stepped in front of him and just put my hands up and was like, just started chatting. And then, you know, I went through that experience and they were the two. When you,
1: when you engaged him in the chat, yeah, that's what, that's what um, neutralized the situation. It stopped him. Yeah, so he he, he he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't attack you because you were you were engaged with him. I maybe. Because for him for him to be able to kill you, you have to be no one. Hmm. No one special. But if you're you're honest and true enough to engage with him, he can't kill you.
0: Wow. Well, you know how that story played out. There were two other Cambodian guys behind him telling me to tell him to move. And somehow this this is the only – the guy with the machete was the only six-foot Cambodian I saw on my own trip. The guy's six foot, and he was on the island. I found out the next day from someone there that he was on the island hiding out for murder because this is a remote island, and that's why that guy was there. And so okay. after I was yammering saying basically nothing and asking him, please don't kill that guy. Please, you know what I mean? He's just a stupid tourist. Please like, don't hurt him. Like, just let it go. Um, he just, the only thing he says is he says he's okay. And then I said, please promise me you won't come in later. And he said, okay.
1: Okay. Okay. And that's now now how that there. This is a terrible question to ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. you, you know how to kill someone.
0: Well, I don't know if I could have taken him out with like maybe equal weapons, you know, but it would you know, it, it doesn't do take
1: that much to kill someone.
0: Oh no. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, I, I could. I know how. Yep.
1: You know how to kill someone. Yeah. You know, I'm an anatomy teacher. Right. Do I know how to kill someone? Probably. I'm a doctor. Do, do I want to kill someone? Okay. But, you know, we, we, you know, we're, we're being threatened. Okay. Um, there's fear. I mean, you don't want to go there because you know, the moment you're in fear, that's when the predator identifies the, the shark identifies what? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what, the, that's what triggers the shark. That's what triggers the wolves. That's what triggers the predators. If you're afraid, they're in predatorial mode. So the more we're in fear mode, the more we're victimized.
0: Right. And we're, yeah. we're,
1: we're, we're triggering those that are, you know, have been you know frustrated and are hungry for blood. So you have to be able to face them. Now you know I, I believe that right now they are being you know they're pretty much identified and they are being you know they're they're being engaged okay, there have been engagements i believe um and um some of them are going to choose to die and some of them that um you know they're if, if we're able to recognize, you know, their programming through their history and the suffering that they're going through, maybe they can be helped to get through this, you know, truth and reconciliation. Okay. There, no, during the, 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 the hearings in South Africa, there were prison guards, people in the police that, you know, had been used to, you know, to massacre the black people that had to meet the children or, you know, the, you know, the children or the family that, you know, I'd suffered from the, you know, the killings, uh, were allowed to meet with these people, these killers. And it's amazing that how there were people in the families that were able to have enough feeling and compassion for these people. To help them heal and it's you know can you imagine that i mean you know it's it's not by killing rounding up and killing all the pedophiles that you're ever i believe going to solve pedophilia You have to go deeper than that. You know, our our respect for life, our respect for women, our respect for one another, you know, is the only thing that's going to get us through this. It's not to go into fear. It's not to go into... And, and, um, you know, I mean, self-defense is self-defense. I mean, I've been in situations where I... If someone had threatened me, I could have killed them. But generally when they approach you, they you know you can feel that and you let them know if you if I'm afraid of you, it's not in your best interest because I can kill you. You don't want me, you don't want me your enemy. You don't want me wanting to kill you because I can't.
0: Yeah, and, and when you talk about that, what, I, what I've been saying um, to people lately is, you know, when we talk about a fighter spirit and, um, you know, when when they say that in, in combat or, or something similar, and especially in a life or death situation, the spiritual will to protect is so much more ferocious and powerful um, than the the will to oppress you're talking I mean? about the chi yeah exactly right what what a what a mother would do what a person would do to protect versus somebody trying to oppress and i saw that you know re, in a, in a recent video with you know again this like the antifa basically terrorists they're paid instigators to go out but some people are trying to protect their city and that emotion is like enough is enough you have to stop terrorizing these cities and these people and and each other and the other ones are armed combatants so it's a total different equation and that that's what gives me hope moving forward is that spirit like when you talked about you know protecting the soul it does feel like it's a fight for humanity's soul and that as long as that's in us you know we're going to be moving forward there's no way we can i don't think any way we can squash that and if you go farther down the rabbit hole into the ai and 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 the vaccines and what's possible there, it seems like that's the agenda is to take that spirit out of us. And Rudolf Steiner also has another quote about a vaccine that would take out the spiritual inclination of of human beings. And so we need to be wise to this. And you're right, not afraid, aware with open eyes and connected with each other. Like the baby example is a good one saying like, hey, you know, we want to protect this. This is sacred. Life is sacred, you know, and so is yours Um, But you cannot be permitted to go around harming. You know, this is completely unacceptable, and especially on a mass scale. And and that's why people aren't taking action, because they're afraid of losing their jobs, they're afraid of um, getting stabbed in the back, they're afraid of all the ridicule and it is not a comfortable place to be in. It's not a comfortable place to research this stuff. It's not a comfortable place to share about it publicly. Um, But it has become a duty because we are getting into a very serious situation and we have enough information that is public knowledge verifiable from other people who have track records of helping humanity you know all the accounts that got deleted like uh, say g green med info um all these doctors that are banding together censor things like that. Is like okay you know these people have track records of trying to help and improve humanity and so this can be used as a catalyst to um to Create a great awakening. Like you said, you would wash the dishes. I would wash the dishes in a community that had clean food, clean water, an opportunity for me to grow, and an opportunity for my child to grow. We don't live in that kind of environment. We don't live in that kind of system. And so there's something very broken about this system. And we need to reconcile with uh, the indigenous people of the lands because they have wisdom for this, but we are a violent species. That's what we uh, did to them. And I was talking to, well, what we did to them was try to basically wipe them out and we're still trying to um, not me personally, I'm trying to prevent that. Um, but culturally, whatever these powers that be are still trying to do that. And I was talking to one of my friends today who's a native American and he was telling me about this uh, prophecies that they had about the times that were in. And also when the white man was going to hit the shores and they said, it's going to go one of two ways when they come here. Um, one way will be that we will work together and we will create the most powerful and beautiful and diverse um, community of people, civilization together. So you've got the Europeans, you've got the native Americans, you've got all these cultures together making the most powerful not just in Canada, right? Cause they called it, is, I think it says turtle Island, right? All of North America. Um, yeah, Tur- Turtle Island. So that, that would be it. It's not sectioned off with cities and States <laughs> and cultures, but we went the other way. And so, uh, So that's, that's the experience we're having now. And it's in this more of the conquer.
1: The Eagle and the Condor meeting together.
0: Right. And so now
1: North North America and the Condor being South America.
0: Right. Yeah. And so now what's, what's the remedy that we have? Like, what are we going to, what are we going to go through if we don't have enough people waking up and standing up for what's right and defending, because we're just going to get smushed and and wiped out. And so, you know, these times definitely uh, make me nervous. And I'm curious, Uh, If you had a message to other doctors about what is going on, um, if you want to talk to, yeah, just curious if you had a a message to other doctors and, and and if you see any hope. Because when you're talking about the war scenario, I've seen Robert David Steele say, hey, we've got you, right? Your options are to surrender or die, essentially, because this is what's about to happen. So I'm hopeful that if this is a war taking place, that the good guys are winning. I've seen some evidence for that. Um, but I'm not counting on it um, because it's kind of that savior paradigm. My hope is that the people of the world can somehow extend their compassion to what's going on beyond COVID into all cultures, into all things, into reimagining and really contemplating on who they are, their own spiritual connection, and getting back to. Basic human decency and understanding, because these ruling, like ruling class or ruling structures, are basically oppressing every person on this planet. We're being forced to defend, right? I can't go to the grocery store without a, a mask. And in that example you shared about a kid, you know, telling them they're killing grandma, like that is that is some dark stuff, right there. You know, um, it's really really dark stuff, and. That's how you can tell it's kind of Luciferian and wrong because it feels so icky. You can just tell it's like, all right, this you know the data is not sign backing this up. The science is not backing this up. And so, what is creating this is the World Health Organization and those people who ran Event 201, um, who are behind the scenes, who are now more and more coming to the light. More of this is getting exposed. And so, that's how I kind of see the solution is we need to see it and be like, holy crap, this is awful. Um, now we know that we cannot go back to that. What do we need to change as an individual in our communities, in our structures, in our families, in our schools, in anything, in our own way of being, and share that with others? Because when you're enough, when you don't fear death, when you are whole in your own being and you have a spiritual connection, you want to be supportive to all life. You want to be synergistic. You want to be helpful. You do not want to oppress, and you want to protect life and in all its forms. And so that's where I hope we can get to. And I'd love for you to kind of speak on that and give me your two cents.
1: Well, you were talking about, you know, speaking to the doctors. Okay. Now, if you believe medicine is a business, if you're in it, you know, to, um, because you think you're better than others, you know, if you're there for the money, you know, if you're there for the prestige, you know, um, you you shouldn't be there. You know, it's really about service, okay. And um, you know, devoting oneself, you know, to the service of our, you know, our our community, okay, within using our talents is a is a really good and honorable thing, okay. And you do deserve uh, conditions where you can be um, mindful enough to make you know, the right decisions for the benefit of the people that are in in your care. And, um, you know, I think that everyone has a responsibility to uh, uh, do their, their due diligence, okay? In the continuing education process that every doctor should be in, involved in, okay? You're supposed to evaluate your practice, your profile, establish the needs, You know of the people that are there, and um, you know, and 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 plan, and you know, train. Go get the information. Okay, now to to be able to make an an informed decision as to what you have to offer, if you're in a mode where your vision is that. You decide for someone else what's best for them. To me, that's not a doctor. Okay. Look, we have, you know, assisted suicide for people that have terminal conditions. A person can ask, you know, to have a lethal injection to end their lives. You have the right to refuse treatment for a cancer, either, you know, chemotherapy or radiotherapy or whatever. Okay. You're not obliged, you know, to receive any form of medical treatment. Okay. And normally, you know, in all, you know, one of the basis of medicine is informed consent. What do I believe you have? Okay. How I've analyzed what you've given me, you know, as information, what I believe you have. This is what I'm able to offer as a remedy. This is what I believe would be best for you, okay? From my experience, and it's up to you to decide if you want to use it or not. You can go for a second opinion, or you can even decide to go to alternative sources if that's what you so choose. Okay, so we, to me, like you said, the the moment we decide for other people what's best for them, um, we're that's diabolical, satanical, and we shouldn't go there. So that's for that, and 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 um, you know we need to you know it, it we need to reconsider our roles, and and the conditions because. You know, we know the way the whole system has been put up, doctors don't have the time it takes to listen, to really listen to their patients' concerns. You know, they're doing problem solving in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, okay, on presenting complaint and they're dishing out symptomatic treatments okay and if they don't you know become more critical you know i say that you know if it's if it's if we're dealing with an emergency let's take our time we need to be able to take the time it takes to face the problem we're facing if it's a simple 2 minutes is enough takes two minutes but if it takes more than that we should be able to adjust and take and and acknowledge that there are things that take more than two minutes more than five minutes more than 10 minutes okay and um you know you know it's one thing to treat a symptom and it's not another thing to uh, understand the cause and to, to help the person um you know face and, and you know face up with what the causes are and take responsibility for their own health. I mean pills won't they can they can be helpful but they're not the solution. You know we do we do have pills you know we do have good pills you know and we use pills you know but you know if you're if you're not doing if the pill helps you to do to keep on doing what's making you sick Pill, pill. The pill ain't good for you. It's just going to bring you on a path that's going to make you more and more, more sick. So you have to consider what you know, what what's going on, and and is the person that I'm consulting there for my good? Is he is it, if that person there listening to me? Am I being? Do I feel respected? And you know, is, is there goodness there? Or am, am I under a, a system that is telling me what to do? That is looking down on me and treating me like less than human. A case. You're an interesting case. We, we have good doctors, okay? But the system, right, one of the reasons why I left, what they were asking us to do and in what conditions was too much for me. I'd rather... I have too much consideration for my profession, for what I believe medicine has, should be like, to work under conditions where um, I can't, uh, I can't look at, um, into my patient's face and and um, and 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 talk freely and listen to them freely because um, there's something going on that we're not allowed to 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 uh, to uh, to discuss and to um, to blow the whistle on.
0: Well, Pierre, well, you know, this entire thing has been um, you know, mind-blowing, stressful, informative um because we're we're in heavy times and they they just are what they are. We're we're here and we are facing some challenging times all of us and I think a lot of people are just hoping it's going to get better and from the data of how quickly it's gotten from regular life in March to where we are now is night and day. And I think that 2021 might be worse um, if we aren't aware of what's coming down the pipe, if we don't have people speaking up, if we aren't really informed and questioning what's going on. So I appreciate you for coming forward and how hard that must have been. And and to leave a practice that I know that you love and cared for, for so long must've been incredibly hard to, try to share a message that might be able to impact more people to kind of say, Hey, you know, we need to be aware of what's going on right now because this is, this is serious stuff. What, what they're telling us to do in in the hospital situation. And, you know, obviously all your other information as well. Like, you know, my friends have known I've been researching this forever and I can never bring up pedophilia or human trafficking because it's just too dark. Um, But it does go to, the power structures and that, you know, when you peel back the curtains and you actually want to know how this world works and what's going on here and why is there so much suffering that it seems systematic, um, who is creating those systems and to what end? And they are not very comfortable answers. Um, And so my hope and prayer is that this is a great awakening for humanity and it is our ability to process what's going on and make the choice for truth and for life affirming principles and for care and protection and kindness and tolerance and all the incredible virtues and to save our own souls. I've heard that said to me um, recently, you know, to protect your own soul and your own being is is paramount and then offer that to other people. And so, you know, I just want to thank you and also ask, you know, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you think is relevant or important or anything else that you want to share?
1: Well, you know, we, we acknowledge that we're in a difficult time and we also acknowledge that there and you are very well placed to know the number of people, of quality people that are there working, engaged, dedicated to making this world better. There are a lot of amazing Amazing, beautiful people out there that have devoted their life and their souls to making this world a better place. And there are many, many people that, um, you know, are doing, you know, practices that allow them to center their souls, their minds, you know, to become, you know, in, in heart coherence, to be mindful and that are you know able to find this, a place of peace from which they can um, express their wisdom. And every person is medicine. Every person is a medicine. You can be a good medicine and you can be a poison. The moment we choose that the energy that we are, the soul that we are, we dedicate that so that we can be good. You talk about doing three acts of kindness, okay? Doing is good, but being just a good person saying, I, I, I can't do as much as I'd like to, but whatever I can do that's good, I'll do it. I mean, doing the good we can do. Basically, that's just it. Whatever I can do that's good, I'll do it. Okay? And if, you know, you don't know we're lost. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it. If you don't, if there's nothing you can do, we'll do nothing. In, in in medicine we have a few principles. One of the one of the main ones is in Latin is in dubio abstinare. In doubt, abstain. So if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. <laughs> okay, just don't do it. Okay. And the other one, okay, so especially good for doctors, is primum non nocere. Okay, the first thing is don't do harm. And there's a lot of harm being done right now. Okay, and a lot of people should be, they they better stand down. Okay, and we, you know, there's a lot of talk circulating in, in, in the social media about the Nuremberg trials. Okay you cannot pretend to not being responsible for the acts that you do okay in law there are other principles the main one is okay actus reus in latin which means the the fact of doing the thing okay the act of doing it the commission of something and the other Principle is laments rea. It's the thought, the intention behind the act. Okay. To be a criminal, you have to do something criminal with the intention of doing something wrong. You need both to be for an act to be considered criminal. Okay. And, and we're going to see a lot of playing out on I did something wrong, but I didn't know I was doing something wrong. I thought I was just giving out a vaccine. I thought I was protecting people by by socially isolating them. I thought I was doing this it's 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 big big issue for those that are involved in in applying you know the measures that you know that are that were being put under you know they said they they think they're doing the right thing you know, but the things they're they the moment that they doubt that the people that are giving them those orders. Actually really, you know, have the people at heart and know what they're doing. Okay. That's not true. It's, it's very wise. It's very important to, um, to key down because, um, you know, you, you are responsible. We are responsible for what we do. And, um, you know, making the children believe that they're going to kill their grandparents by, you know, contaminating them with a deadly virus is serious. Really serious, okay? Pushing people to suicide because they, they, they're, they're being socially isolated is really serious. Having people go into depression because they're not, the conditions they're, they're called to work under you know is serious people that are losing their businesses because you know they're obliged to 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 put up um you know all kinds of you know adjustments to their you know to their business you know and they 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 don't they can't manage they can't they can't survive they're gonna go bankrupt because of what's going on is serious okay there is no minimizing okay the seriousness of what's going on. Okay Now, those that have the intelligence and the capacity to understand these things, okay? what brought me to resign was my moral obligation. I had no choice knowing what I know to, to not speak out and if i were to if I would have spoken out being licensed medical physician okay knowing you know the position of the the medical board and the medic and the authorities and the government okay i would have been i would have been attacked and 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 I would have lost my license so I don't want to give them that power I won't give them that power okay and 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 I turn the tables around okay and, um, I, I put the blame on the medical board. I put the blame on the, you know, the, the government and on the, you know, the, um, the public health officials and, and, you know, the, the, and the World Health Organization, you know, those organizations, um, to me have gone rogue and are doing a great they're, they're a great disservice to a humanity, and they are not honoring. They are not honoring, the their responsibility to protect. And to promote the health of the people, they're supposed to be um, that are under their responsibility. So that those are my final words. <clears throat>
0: Well, wow. well, Pierre, that's incredibly powerful stuff, and and I'm just grateful that you're willing to come forward and share because it's not an easy thing, and I can't imagine how challenging and you know hard it would be to leave your job to do this. But like you said, it gets to a point where you have no choice, and so I'm just grateful for uh, your friendship and your integrity, and for your sharing your message. You know, it's it's not a it's not a, a pleasant message, but but we need the medicine so we can get better. Just like when you're trying to get, you know, somebody better and you're finding the cause, well, guess what? The cause is you're, you're really stressed all the time. And all you do is eat Kentucky fried chicken and you have a terrible lifestyle. And and that's what it is. Like you got to stop that or you're going to have this heart attack again. You're going to have this very negative consequence. And it's like this planet has this cancer and we need to be aware of what that cause is. We need to look at it right in the eye, not be afraid of it. And then make the right choices, and not say I was blinded, I was duped. You know, listen, you know, listen to other people who are, I don't know, maybe offering a different solution. Don't oppress people, you know. Don't, no matter what your position is, don't oppress people. Don't kick them out of your life. You know, that's kind of what the agenda is now: kick them all out of your life and be terrified of everyone. Um, We need to take ownership for our actions and and do the best we can, and and hopefully connect to some sort of spiritual understanding. To, you know reach out to like, Hey, how, please guide me into, uh, right intention. Right. I think mens rea, is that what it is? The, the minds, the mind part, you know, and that's one of the prayers that I hold because I, I only know a little bit of a little bit. Um, but what I know for sure is my intention. That comes from my prayer and my intent. I don't know any, a lot about medicine. I don't know, um, what's going on here. I know a bit of the research, but it's like, you know, spirit, this is bigger than me. Just guide me in a way. That I can be used for good, for life, for support, for kindness, for tolerance, for all the beautiful virtues that human beings are capable of. And if I cause harm in that, and I and I learn that, I will I will correct it immediately. Um, you know, I will always act in in the best that I I know how, and I will protect other people who want freedom and virtue and kindness and tolerance and and growth and and all those kind of things too. And so when you when you walk that path, that's pretty easy to clear or to see what is oppressive, what is violent, what is aggressive, what is manipulative. You know, it's very clear because, you know, in combat, I'm asking you to leave me alone. I am not coming close to you with a needle. I'm not telling you that you need to wear a mask. I'm not telling you to, if you're afraid, you, you're welcome to stay at home. You're welcome to stay a 1,000 feet away. Um, but if you have a daughter that wants to come over for my, with mine and, and from the data that we have and the information we have, um, and it says it's safe, I'm going to make that choice. That's going to be a choice that I'm going to make for my family. And when I learn about other systems like vaccines and the potential of 5G and all those other things and these nanoparticles that might come down the line and we, and we get to a new stage of this, um, it might be a new stage of understanding to um, become aware of and to avoid. You know, in combat, if you know it's coming, you can avoid it. You know, you have that opportunity. And so it's a big ramble to say, I'm going to continue to do my best. And I'm grateful that you're doing your best and you're committed. And and I feel like everyone that I know since the beginning of this who has had integrity, including yourself, is doing their best to support life, to support humanity, to support community, and holds a vision of a better world. And it's challenging to hold that vision of a better world when you see it getting even worse than it already was when it wasn't great to begin with. And so um, I think if we can keep planting that flag and keep holding that intention and keep holding that vision, we are going to have an opportunity as an individual and also community and also a planet and also a species to build something better. But it's going to take action and tenacity and courage and community.
1: Well, I want to thank you really totally, Matt, for the work you've been doing. I'm really, really honored, honored to have had this conversation with you and uh, to have the, the opportunity, that the, the privilege of knowing you.
0: I feel the same, Pierre. It's uh, better being in this boat with you, you know, (laughs) it's better to have friends when you're going into the battles. Like, you know what? Mm -hmm. And like you said, I would, I would die with the people that I am with knowing their character and their life's work and what they've done and what they've stood for than to stand on the other side and be in fear and oppress and do things that I can never live with um, because of my own fear of my own life and uh, what other manipulation uh, might be coming down the pipe. Um, I know that you're a medical doctor, um, but do you have any, or were and still are you still are? Um, well, you have to start a private practice in the quackery. You know what they said, like the anti-Rockefeller. You know, just uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but uh, where could is there anywhere people could find and stay in touch, or, or ask questions, or connect? Do you have any kind of simple blog well, or from your art? Uh,
1: I'm 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 still dedicated to doing the best I can to help whoever I can in whatever way I can. Um, it's a whole new life for me. Um, I have, I have a Facebook page, uh, Pierre Theriot, um, which maybe I can send you the link. I don't even know how to do that or, you know, Whatever
0: I can, I can link that up for you, yeah.
1: And, and um,
0: also, he's not he's not the so, tech. So,
1: you know, I'm generally not someone who's been very you know techno and plugged up, and I've you know pretty much away from that. But um, you know, I'm certainly interested um, in um, meeting up with people that are you know that are. Able, I believe there's nothing we can't do. Getting the right people around the table. I'm sure we're gonna we're we're gonna get through this, man. I'm sure um, we're gonna win this war. Um, we're gonna see good things coming, even though we're in the the thick of it right now. Um, um, I don't believe we can we can really lose because. Um, Truth, um, has a way of, um, solving things. I mean, you, you're always more comfortable when you're living in your truth. So, you know, happiness and truth go together, you know, Li- living in deception, uh, isn't comfortable. So I believe that, uh, you know, we're going to find our comfort in, in in our faith and in our in our in our truth. And um, I believe that um, I believe in, in in what's greater than than, our, than us. That's going to, that brought us together in one. Because you know, who know? You know, we we got, we we got together and we were able to do this. So, so I'm sure that you know you've been put in contact with so many you know, extraordinary people and you're, I know what you're doing. I appreciate what you're doing and I thank you for what you're doing. And, um, so I believe that, you know, we're going to be guided through this. And, um, if we follow our hearts, we're going to be put in contact with the right people at the right time. I mean, this is alchemy. Everything is planned. Nothing happens for nothing. So, uh, I trust in God. We trust.
0: I don't think I've ever said. I don't think I've ever said it on the show. But amen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a spiritual podcast. I don't think I've ever said amen on the show. But that's definitely, yeah. I I agree. I I have that sentiment too. We you know hold hold the faith, um, and if we hold our own integrity, and that's how we go down, then that's a righteous way to live and to honor ourselves. Don't dishonor your spirit. Um, don't bow down to fear to the best of your ability. And I do believe that, that we will have an opportunity and, and yeah, an opportunity and a way to move towards cohesion, life-affirming ideals and people and community and solutions. And so we just need to be in that resonance to move in that way.
1: Yeah. Nature is strong. Yes. Nature is smart. And the universe did not get to where we are now without intelligence so i mean um there's there is an intelligence behind what's going on there's a there's a reason for all of this and i trust that i trust that
0: beautiful well <laughs> me too some days i lose a bit of faith but i'm glad you ended on a high note cuz i'm like oh god i know all this stuff this is terrifying um but yeah it's uh well, I agree, and we'll we'll get through it together, no matter what, you know. and We're gonna find each other because all the people that I've spoken with and know of, those are people I'd, I'd start a community with tomorrow. And I, we just need a little bit, and we'll, and then world we'll can do whatever it wants, and this is what we're gonna do. And so, uh, we, I agree.
1: We, we are getting together right now.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Uh, I love you, Matt.
0: Love you too, Pierre.
1: I love you. I love you. you know that.
0: I love you too, brother. Well, thank you so much for who you are, for coming on the show, for sharing and your your bravery and courage and your integrity. So thank you so much. Um, I look forward to staying in touch and we will.
1: Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Sounds I'll good. I'll be following you. <laughs>
0: That's it. All right. Thanks, guys, for watching. See you in the next one. Peace. Peace.